in the chariot we trust in the name of the lord our god some trust in horses we trust in the name of the lord our god we trust in the name of the lord our god we trust in the name of the lord our god his love never fails his name will always prevail we trust in the name of the lord our some trust in the work they do. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. By His grace, all the work is through. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Sing. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in the wealth of things. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. A name worth more than anything. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Sing. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Will rain. 
morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here this morning. Nice, crisp uh, fall or early winter morning, I guess. I guess it is still fall, isn't it? So, But uh, <clears throat> beautiful outside. I, I was telling Dave in the back, I woke up this morning, looked outside and thought, man, it snowed or something. But with the way that the fog was coming in and the crispness of the air, everything looked just kind of white out there. And it was... Uh, kind of an eye-opener for me this morning, so <clears throat> it's good to see you guys here this morning. If you would, let's bow, and then we'll, uh, we'll start with our worship. <clears throat> God, it sure is good to be here. Uh, thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for the changing of the seasons, dear Lord, the way that we know that you're in control, dear Lord, the way that you uh, love us, the way that you bless us is awesome, it's amazing, the way that you take care of us, the way that you provide for us. And dear Lord, uh, this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the love that you have for us, and especially thank you for the son that you sent for us. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Worthy is 
Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 5. At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Pray with me here this morning. 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come here in the presence of your house. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all the many blessings that you give upon us that we take way much too for granted. And dear Lord, we ask this service be pleasing to you. Be with David as he brings the message this morning. Watch over us, guide, guard, and direct us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Sunlight, sunlight of 
supper this morning we'll sing I will rise there's a peace I've come to know though my heart and flesh may fail there's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won he is risen from the dead and I will rise when he calls my name no more sorrow no
Good morning. I made a few notes on a piece of paper, and I do not know what happened. It looks like it's been run over and it got wet. <laughs> so I hope it's, uh, hope this makes sense. I don't know how many of you all are like me. Probably, I'd say most of us, that if we want to be honest with ourselves, there's passages in the Bible. Just to be all totally honest, I, I wish it wasn't in there. Something that I don't understand, can't figure out, or that people fight over and argue about, or it just applies to me in a way that makes me uncomfortable. So I want to read one of those passages, actually two, two different places here this morning, and say a few things about that. The first one's in Matthew 22, down about verse 30. a second here. This is where the uh, the Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus and they told a story about the, the woman that was married and her husband died and then she proceeded to marry each of the other brothers and then they asked him a question uh, in the resurrection whose wife shall she be? And starting about verse 29 Jesus replied you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And then again over in uh, Luke. Uh, chapter 20. About verse 34. Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. That makes me uncomfortable. I understand to the best of my human ability what, what that means, but uh, June and I have been married almost 34 years. I know there's some here who have been married a lot longer than that and some less, but I like the thought of being married. <laughs> I love my wife. She's my best friend. I like, I like that connection. I, I like going through life with her, uh, the family we raise and all that. that. That's a precious thing to me. That, that's very valuable. And I, I just can't comprehend. I know a lot of you have. I can't comprehend being in this world without her, let alone being in all eternity without her. And like I said, that's another realm, and that's beyond my human comprehension. But that... That makes me, uh, it just makes me a little uncomfortable thinking about that. You know, back, clear back in Genesis chapter 2, uh, God said it wasn't good that man was alone and that he created woman as a, a helper. So it was out of God's uh, desire that mankind would not be alone. Loneliness is not a good thing. I know there's folks that's, that struggle with being lonely, but... God's design of marriage was a perfect design that man and woman would not be alone and that they would have a, a helper, someone to go through this life and share it together. But you know, there is a marriage that is for all of eternity. And over in Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 19 
in verse 7. It says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Uh, the church is the bride of Christ, the people. We are the bride of Christ, and he is the groom. We're, I guess the word is espoused. We're espoused to Jesus. That relationship exceeds anything that this world offers, even that of holy marriage that God instituted and all that comes with that and not being lonely not having someone to go through this world together you know and it says when we say our wedding vows it says for better for worse richer or poorer till death do us part well God takes us the church like that for better or for worse richer or poorer health and sickness he takes us Jesus takes us the bride of Christ and we will be united with him in all of eternity so when I think about that it kind of it kind of rest my mind a little bit about that because we will be in the presence of God. We'll be in presence in the presence of Jesus. And that relationship far exceeds anything that this world has, including marriage. So just something to think about. Uh, if you would, bow with me, and we'll give thanks uh, for the bread. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Lord, for the ultimate sacrifice that he made on the cross for each and every one of us, Lord. And Lord, as we have relationships in this world, our family and our friends, especially that of a husband and wife, Lord, we know that what you've got in store for us is, is beyond our comprehension, Lord, and that we as a church are your bride, and you've prepared a place for us, Lord, and we look forward to that so much, Lord, and we know that it all comes about, it all happened, it's all is a promise because of the gift of your son for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Lord, that sealed that forever. As we partake of this bread this morning, remind us of that. Remind us of Christ's body that was broken on our behalf, Lord, and help us never take it for granted. Be with us as we partake of this. We pray this prayer and we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue our thanks. Father in heaven, again, we just want to pause and thank you so much for loving us the way you, you do. Father, that uh, as long as we live on this planet, we probably cannot possibly thank you enough for sending your son and the willingness of 
him to die on the cross for us, Lord, and for this uh, fruit of the vine that represents his blood, the blood that was shed, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord, that we can stand white before you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Help us just to love you more and love each other more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you want to go to that land, oh, don't you want to go to that land, don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, don't you want to go to that land, oh, don't you want to go to that land, don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but love in that land, oh, In that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but love. In that land, oh, there's nothing but love. In that land, nothing but love. In that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but joy. In that land, oh, there's nothing but joy. In that land, nothing but joy. In that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but joy. In that land, oh, there's nothing but joy. In that land, nothing but joy. In that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but peace. In that land, oh, there's nothing but peace. In that land, nothing but peace. In that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, oh, there's nothing but peace. 
In that land, oh, there's nothing but peace. In that land, nothing but peace. In that land, where I'm bound, where I'm bound, I've got a Savior. In that land, oh, I've got a Savior. In that land, I've got a Savior. In that land, where I'm bound, where I'm bound, I've got a Savior. In that land, oh, I've got a Savior. In that land, I've got a Savior. In that land, where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Amen. I love this song. <coughs> this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior's pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have a loving Savior up in glory land. I don't expect to stop until I with him stand. He's waiting out for me in heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their song of sweetest praise drifts back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're marching to Zion. We'll use this song before Dave's lesson this morning, and we'll also send the children off to children's Bible time at the singing of this song. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne and thus 
beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King, may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. To fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to be able to speak here this morning. Uh, keep praying for Jamie and the crew that went down to Spirit Fest. I'm sure they're having a great time. Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about change. Over the last several weeks, Jamie has been talking about uh, patterns of this world. Uh, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed. And the idea of transformation is change. Be transformed means be changed. As we look around us, change is all around us. As you can see on the slide, you've got spring, summer, fall, and winter. And we're in that transition between fall and winter. So we're well acquainted with change. Change is all around us. Our lives are always changing. They can, our lives can be personally guided. You know, we, we try to guide it ourselves, or we let God guide our lives. Uh, bad things happen in our lives, and good things happen in our lives. There's always change. Our change, or our growth, and I'm going to use those two kind of interchangeably this morning, change and growth is a path or a journey. And that's what I'm showing up here, that change is a journey. Change is a place that you're going to. The goal should be change for the better and to grow. That needs to be our goal. That needs to be our path in life, is to change and to grow. So as we talk about change, the first thing I want to mention is that God and Jesus do not change. They are constant. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And then again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have you ever thought about why that is? Why is it that, that God and Jesus don't change? Well, first of all, God and Jesus are perfect, mature, complete, 
like we strive to be, but they are in that state. They are perfect, complete. They cannot improve. They don't change to improve because they're already the best they can be. Then on the other hand, God and Jesus cannot tolerate sin, so they cannot change toward the bad side. They can't change uh, to anything toward anything bad. But the nice part of this is knowing that God and Jesus are always the same, we can count on them to be there for us. No matter what happens in our lives, no matter how badly we sin, Jesus and God will always take us back. They'll always be there for us. They'll always be constant. And isn't that satisfying? Isn't that comforting to know that they're always there, they're always there for us. So God and Jesus do not change. The second point is we must change. We must change. I found a couple of quotes that, that I really liked. The Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. Just think about that a minute. The Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. Many people just read the Bible to increase their knowledge to, so that they know the Bible. But the point of that knowledge, the point of that Bible is to change our lives. God gave us an instruction book in the Bible to show us how to make our lives what he wants them to be to change our lives. It is right to be contented with what we have, never with what we are. It's right to be contented with what we have, but never with what we are. If we're contented with what we are this morning, if we are contented with where we're at in our Christian walk, then we need to wake up. We need to move toward that change that Jamie's been talking about for the last several weeks to transform our lives into something better. This is the scripture reading from this morning. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes a little child <coughs> like this in my name welcomes me. We are not mature or complete like Jesus and God are. We need that change and growth. It's a requirement. When he says, unless you change and become like little children, it's not if you change and become like children. It says, unless you change. It's a requirement. It has to happen. Disciples, the disciples were asking, who's the greatest? You know, they were thinking about self. They were thinking about uh, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus said, no, be like a child. Jesus said to be like children. What are the characteristics of children? First of all, they're humble. 
they generally, little children, don't have a lot of pride. They, they're just very humble toward everything. Another thing that's very important is they are dependent. They're dependent on their father. They're dependent on their mother. Children are dependent. And we need, as Christians, to be dependent on God. And probably the most important fact about children are they're growing. I mean, children grow. That's just the way it is. They grow up way too fast. We, instead of growing, can get worse. That's an option in our lives. Unlike Jesus and Christ, who can't do anything bad or go toward bad, we can. So we need to strive to move forward. We need to strive to be on this path going forward. Our change or growth is a journey. We need to start where we are and get better. We need to start exactly where we are, just like we're right in the middle of this road here. We need to start where we are and grow and get better all the time. One of the passages that I like to talk about <clears throat> when I talk about growth is in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 5 through 11. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brother kind, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the way I picture this verse, now I, I know a lot of people just look at this verse and say, oh, these are all the things we need to, to have in our lives, and that's true. We, we do need to have these things. But as I look at this verse, I say, okay, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. When we become a Christian, when we get baptized, what's the only thing that we really have at that point? It's faith. That's where we start. That's the starting point is faith. We have the faith to say, Jesus is Lord. He's my Christ. I'm going to live for him. That's the faith. Now, as we start out our Christian life, we add to that faith goodness. And that's, you know, fairly easy to do. You just stop doing bad things and you, you add goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. As you're starting out your Christian walk, you add knowledge. You look to the Bible, you add knowledge to that. And to knowledge, self-control. Well, self-control, if you think of this as a progression, self-control is harder. Self-control is harder than adding knowledge. Controlling self is harder. So each one of these things that he mentions here, each one is a little harder than the previous one. Uh, it's a self-control perseverance. Perseverance is, is harder each step. 
godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness. Now, these last two, brotherly kindness and love. Brotherly kindness, you're familiar in the Bible, there's like five different terms for uh, love. Well, brotherly kindness is the word phileo or Philadelphia, which means friendship, brotherly kindness, kind of uh, liking other people, okay? But the love, the last one in the list, love is the agape love. And that's where we're all heading toward. That is the, the hardest because it's a self-sacrificing love. It's the love that Christ had on the cross for us. And that love is the hardest of all of these things. So each one of these things is a step in growth. He says, if you possess these things in increasing measure, again, growth, if you possess these things in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here again, this is talking about growth. But he says, if you do not have these things, you're nearsighted and blind. But if you do them, you will never fall. Growth is required. We need to be growing in our Christian life, in our relationship to God and to Jesus. So, growth is a requirement. We must change. So, what we see in the Bible is that knowing Jesus changed people. As Jesus was walking, along, walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. I'm looking here at Peter. Peter is somebody who was changed dramatically. And then in Acts chapter 2, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. So here's Peter who started out a fisherman, just a common man. Fishermen were people who spent a lot of their lives just by themselves out on a boat casting nets with a couple of other people. But when called, he went with Jesus, and he spent those three years or so with Jesus. But then in Acts chapter 2, I'm sure uh, if we'd have talked to Peter when, when he was casting those nets and the sea was a fish, I'm sure he would have not been real confident, not a real outgoing person. But in Acts chapter 2, he was confident, he was outspoken, and he accused the Jews. He saw what the Jews had done to Jesus, and he accused them. At this point, the Holy Spirit had just descended on them, and they were, they were speaking in tongues. And the people around looked and said, how are these people speaking in all these different languages of all these different people that were in the, in, the, in the city at that time. And they said, these people are just Galileans. They were just from here. How do they do this? By the power of God. So Peter, by being in the presence of God, 
had changed. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, a tax, a tax collector who was wealthy. Now, you've got to understand a little bit about tax collectors in the New Testament. The Roman government told the tax collectors they had to collect a certain amount of tax from the people, and then that's what that tax collector paid to Rome. They weren't paid salary. They wouldn't say, you, you, you don't get this much to do this. What they did was they collected a little extra from everybody to make their living. Okay? So what does it tell you about Zacchaeus that he was wealthy? Okay? Maybe he was collecting maybe a little more than, than other tax collectors might have been collecting. Okay? So... They collected this extra for the live on, and the wealth, he probably collected a lot extra. But being with Jesus changed him. He said, immediately I give half of what I have to the poor. Okay? And if he's cheated anybody, he'd give back four times what he had cheated them. This man was changed, he became a Christian. He became a follower of Christ because he was with Jesus. <clears throat> the New Testament is full of people who changed after being around Jesus. Probably the most of all is Paul, from one who was persecuting Jews, persecuting Christians, to one who became a Christian. All the disciples, each one of them, changed dramatically from being with Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus, was changed and many others so knowing Jesus changed people and knowing Jesus can change you and the last thing our last point is what must we change into what must we change into everybody's familiar with the butterfly goes from caterpillar goes into a chrysalis and then comes out a butterfly. This is change. This is growth. This change is called metamorphosis. But this change occurs once. Our change, our growth, must be continuous. So what are we changing into? What are we changing into in our lives? 
This is the scripture that, that Jamie has been using for uh, all these weeks. Therefore, I urge you, my brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think growth there, transform growth. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So we're supposed to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. This is ongoing service, continuous change, continually getting better, continually living closer to God, continually having a more close relationship with God. Don't be conformed to the patterns, and, and Jamie's done a wonderful job talking about all these patterns that we get into. How do we get into these patterns in our lives? But instead of those patterns, be transformed, be changed from one thing, from one, like we talked about growth in that previous passage, be changed from one stage of growth to another as we live our lives. Another uh, quote that I found that I thought was really good for this, the Christian walk is much like riding a bicycle. We're either moving forward or falling off. Going backwards is not an option. It's not an option on a bicycle. It's not an option in our Christian lives if, if we want to follow Jesus. We need to continue to go forward, continue to grow in him. So as we think about change, God and Jesus do not change. And their desire for us is for us to change constantly, to be draw closer and closer to them. We must change. We can't stand still. We can't just fall off the bike and stand still. Knowing Jesus changed people. And knowing Jesus will change us, knowing having a relationship with God and with Jesus will change us. It will change us, and he will change you. And as we change, what must we grow into? We must grow into a mature Christian and continue growing and continue maturing. maturing. So where are you at in that journey? Growth is a journey. This is a signpost in the journey. Where are you at in your growth? Where are you going? That's what we need to take away this morning. Where are we going? This morning, if, if you've never owned Christ, if you've never uh, taken him on in baptism to become a Christian, to, to make that commitment to growth for your entire life, the only thing you need to make that commitment is like I talked about from 2 Peter, the faith. You start with faith. You don't have to have a lot of knowledge to start. You have to have faith. You have to have the faith that says, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I know I have sinned, and I know he will cleanse my sins. That's where we start. 
And that's where you need to start if you haven't done that. If there are those here this morning that have fallen off the bicycle, that, that need to come back and say, Lord, I stopped growing. Lord, help me to grow again. We ask you to come now as we stand and sing. Pierce my ear, oh Lord, my God, take me to change some, something in your spiritual walk. If over the year you can evaluate yourself and see that something's changed, well, that's growth. If you can look over your past year and you don't see that anything's any different, well, then you need to maybe reevaluate where you're at. So thank you, Dave. Uh, on our uh, prayer request this morning, we have one addition, uh, David Truney. Uh, he was at Dressbacks, Dressback Outdoors, you know, they have uh, Isaiah and the family run a business there. Where they have people come in and, and uh, deer hunt. And uh, this man and his 12-year-old son and a friend and his son were in for this weekend, uh, this weekend youth gun season. And evidently yesterday, uh, David Truney had a fatal heart attack while he was hunting. And uh, so it's a, it's a tragedy all the way around. The, the son is here, and uh, they've called the family. 
which were from New York. So the man's wife and some other family members uh, made a trip here and got, got here about five o'clock this morning. And uh, it's just a really, really, really sad situation. So remember, uh, remember the family of David Truning and the Dressback family too as well. It's been very, uh, just an uh, emotional time there with them. So please remember them all in your prayers. So, uh, and all those folks on our prayer requests there on the, on the left-hand side. Any updates on anybody? I need to mention this morning. Okay. Uh, upcoming events, things I want to bring to your attention is, uh, well, like was already been said, remember Jamie and Tim and the whole gang is down in Corbin, Kentucky at Spirit Fest. They'll be coming back later today. Uh, so let's pray for safe travels. Uh, our annual Thanksgiving service will be next week, and we've got uh, four men that's going to speak for us next week, uh, Isaiah McQuaid, Tucker Kirk, Don Carell, and Spencer Hall. So we're looking forward to that when I hear these guys speak and what they have to say. So make sure you come out and support that. Uh, the Coats for Kids is going on now. Uh, there's cards available with the information. You can get those from Cindy Crail or June Book. And this year, the Coats will benefit kids from Valley and East schools. So if you want to participate in that, just see one of those ladies and they'll get you uh, fixed up with that. And the Sunshine Directory, again, back there on the Welcome Center is a little card that tells you how to uh, download the app and how to get that started and if you would like to have a, a hard copy of that too there's a sign up sheet there we're going to be ordering those real soon as well and December 10th is going to be the intermission Sunday uh, our intermission group will be uh, leading the worship on Sunday morning they'll be having a fellowship meal uh, directly following service so mark your calendars for that as well there'll probably be more information come up about that and November item for Midwestern is soup so you can bring that, that in and put it back there too so Anything else that needs to be mentioned? Anything at all? Well, again, it's great to see everyone here this morning. If you would, stand with me, and we will have a word of prayer, and I, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Father in heaven, again, we just want to thank you for being our God, first and foremost, Lord. Thank you for letting us be your children. Lord, we, uh, we're especially thankful for allowing us to meet here together as your family here at Sunshine. Pray that our worship service this morning has been pleasing to you, Lord, that you've received all praise, honor, and glory, Lord, because you are worthy. And I pray that by being here in this uh, group this morning, we've been lifted, lifted up and strengthened, that we can uh, truly uh, realize how blessed we are, Lord. We thank you for the lesson this morning. Pray that we can uh, uh, apply it to our lives individually. We can look and see where we need to make change, Lord, and just uh, go forth in the world and be a better light and a brighter light for you. Lord, we uh, pray for all those on our prayer list, the ones we've mentioned before, ones we've had on our hearts and minds. We thank you for those you've healed and brought back to us. And Lord, we ask a special prayer for the Trini family. Lord, you would please uh, please give a healing comfort to them. Lord, let them feel your presence, Lord. Watch over that family and the dress backs as well through this tragedy, Lord. We thank you for all the answered prayers you give us, Lord. And we ask you would forgive us when we fall short and we sin against you and each other, Lord. Pick us back up, put us back on the right path. Help us keep our focus on Jesus and all that we say and do. Lord, uh, be with us as we go our separate ways today. Help us enjoy this wonderful day you bless us with. And we do thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.